Hello and welcome to the Dead Air Dudes. I'm Izzy. I'm Raka, and this is the way. This is the way. And this is our quick synopsis a review of season three of The Mandalorian, in which, uh, as of today, the fourth episode came out. And this is the way. So it's been kind of a mixed bag in the sense that uh, you have had a couple, we had a, a filler episode, not so much a filler, but more of a build-up episode. While for me, the last episode was actually one of the better ones, you know, action-wise and pacing and this, that, and the other thing. So uh, that being said, take it away, Rocco. Well, let's get to that. What did you take away from the last episode? Last episode, which is episode four, um, The Foundling, I do believe it's called, directed by Carl Weathers. Pretty good job, actually. Um, not sure if he's directed some anything before, but it was it was it was well done. What I took away from it was hey, I mean, all of our obviously spoilers here, you know. Absolutely, everybody be warned. Obviously, we it's been confirmed what we thought they are training Grogu to become a Mandalorian, you know. Crazy, right? Yeah, which is you know, but hey, it's Star Wars, so uh, and you at first I thought that Bo-Katan was just there for shits and giggles, meaning he followed Mando there and was just kind of going with it because you know keeping a helmet on and you know and this that and just like okay yeah whatever even if she doesn't believe in that stuff at least not in the old ways but I think at towards the end of the episode and seeing how well. She interacted with everybody else. Maybe I'm wrong. And getting her armor repaired with the mythosaur. I think she's kind of buying into it a little bit. And not only that, I think the focus is shifting towards her. Yeah, well, that's... Because you say the Mandalorian, but they're all Mandalorians. Yes. Now, that's something fascinating, which I'll... I mean, you know what? Let's get into that real quick. Okay. Okay. So the mythosaur, right? Yes. She saw it in the waters, in the living waters of of Mandalore. And I've done some light reading. And again, please, hardcore canon Star Trek, uh, Star Wars guys out there, don't roast me too much. But from what I've read, it stands for the ultimate beast, the ultimate test. The ultimate in the sense that if you can defeat this, the biggest, baddest beast in Mandalore, you are of you know, you're of highest blood, you're of highest stature. Not to mention it is the symbol for the royalty or whatever for, for Mandalore, all Mandalore. Dragon, you become the iron fist. So exactly. So I think the wheels are turning in her head. Keep to the laws. You're bought in by these people. They know your clan. You've seen the beast. If you can go back, slay the beast, no question to your authority, you're going to be the boss in charge. Well, already, I mean, she already welds the the, the dark the dark saber uh, better than 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 Dinjarin does. Even though that that's not of it's not a big deal in the sense of because I also did some some reading it you know there's, there were characters who could who could use it 
well and there were characters who couldn't use it well. It's not really, you know, a big deal. Not I mean a big in the sense that it doesn't test uh, the skills of the, of the of the of the of the warrior or something, whatever. It all has to do with something else. But you know it's ironic. Mm. Of all of them, she is the least who follows this is the way. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? I mean, wasn't that little line when they're all eating and stuff, and you're like, well, "What do I do?" <laughs> she doesn't. She doesn't even wear the helmet all the time. Mm-hmm. So it you it, it's a nice little uh, subtext that signifies she's not keeping to the can to the code to the way. She's kind of estranged from it. She's in her mindset more royalty than knight. Yes. So that could be a problem later. But yeah, but well, she also is by right yeah, power but, driven as yeah. opposed to everybody else. I also think that she's a kind of not saying accepting the ways, but she's kind of begrudgingly, you know, listening. Well, I, I think a little light shows upon her that if she embraces the way, claims right air. She'll be like the unquestioned leader. Yeah, leader of a, of a world that, you know, is basically a barren waste. But not to mention, she's gotten back there. It's not as barren as people thought. Well, I mean. Yeah. Imagine she can go back, reclaim the throne, reclaim part of Mandalore, the actual planet they're from, draw all the Mandalorians back to the home world. The Empire is defeated. The Republic is here. She could start a whole new dynasty. Yeah, but of course, and here's my here's my issue, and th- and this is this is a a, a cross section issue I have with Star Wars in general and prequels in general. It's not going to happen because we know what happens. Yes, the yeah. timeline is set. The timeline is set, so all this is all cool and all, but who really gives a shit? Because we're what we're waiting to see how it collapses in their face. You know, I mean, we're waiting to see. I mean, obviously, we all know that the freaking that that all the Jedi's are killed. So fine, Grogu escapes because technically he won't be a Jedi. So uh, Kylo Ren won't be killing him. At but least. is it interesting? That was an interesting little flashback in this last episode, where he escaped Order sixty six. Yeah, well, we, we obviously we knew that. I mean, we but. Had- but they can't tease us just to tease us because to confirm, re- reconfirm what we already know. There's got to be something deeper to his significance. Instead of not just being the line of Yoda or his people, there's got to be something else. Then and that, why did the episode before, did they show the cloning guy? But if that's the case, well, I, I'll get to that. But if that's the- they want to clone Grogu. They don't want to clone Grogu, man. That, yes. That- no. This is the plot. I'm telling you, they want to clone him and oh, harness the force. You know, and gals can can correct me if you choose. But the the the, the Doctor Bashir Bashir, whatever his name is, I think that he's going to be the eventual guy to clone Palpatine, or at least use his technology. And there and there and Favreau is trying to explain every single little nook and cranny. Well, he he I, wants to keep to the canon. But 
you write, I write, we're writers, we're creators. I don't to know every single detail of the, of the lore and the canon of Star Wars to enjoy it. I don't have to know every single second of every single day what they ate for breakfast and when they went to the bathroom. I don't need to know these things. I mean, you know. And nor should they, because why should they pigeonhole themselves into you're limiting your imagination? But now, but this is the thing. You, you're giving me these stories and I appreciate it and, and when they're well done is this. But now it's like you're setting me up and I'm getting all jacked up and excited and know full well because if Grogu is still alive in the in the, the last trilogy, why the hell, I don't want to curse, isn't he helping out helping out these people? Where is he? If, exactly, if he's so powerful. Obviously, we know that Din Djarin, so, <clears throat> something happens. And I might have read somewhere that his story is finite. Yes. Maybe that, that um it Mandalorian is the the whole entirety of of, of Mandalore, yeah. which it could be Bo Katan, it could be freaking um you know all, all the characters uh I forgot his name now, but the the, the heavy machinery guy who uh actually is, is John Favreau actually. Um it could be it could, it could be Grogu for, for that matter. Because he's he's a Mandalorian now, he's yeah. a young man in training. So, and then that's an issue I've always had with Star Wars and, and just prequels in general. I mean, I, I don't like them because the future is already set. The story is done. It robs a little bit of the anticipation and nuance. Exactly, because then, I mean, like for me, I'm looking to see what bad is going to happen to one of my favorite characters. Well, that's the genius of it all, right? That's that's it, it. It's how it plays out and how well you do it. I mean, I think we're spoiled. We take for granted that the set design, the costumes, the interplanetary chases and fights, it, it's all on a nice new level. And we've been we've been spoiled by the fact that that it's this awesome quality all the time. Well, like, I, mean, I, can't, I can't even the episode before where they're on the planet that's basically a city planet. Yes, that was like fantastic. That was that was as futuristic as you can conceive it to be. Futuristic, but at the same time grounded in somewhat reality, at as re, as real as Star Wars could be. The last episode to this, the episode three, was kind of like a kick in the teeth, which was good, I guess, to keep everybody, like you said, grounded. That. The empire, the the galaxy has its own problems, whether it's the empire, the new republic, the new this, the new that. It's all a cycle of the same old shit. Pretty much. Well, it was interesting because I did wonder why spend the whole episode on that? No, it's obviously, I mean, my only argument against it would be if you're going to go that way. For me, I mean, tell me the tomato, but create a show called the Star Wars Chronicles or whatever. Star Wars. Fill in the blanks. Fill in the blanks. Give me stories like this because I I could be wrong. And if you guys know, you guys know, let me know. But I don't see the connection. You know, 
except for the fact that it's probably going on at the same time. You and want to speculate on? It was on uh, on Moff Gideon's ship and whatever. So, well, you know. yeah. So they threw a lot in the in the third episode out there, which they threw a lot, but they didn't say a lot, right? They threw in Moff Gideon. She was on that ship. The cloning doctor, the new order, the the rehabilitated people, which was kind of weird because it. It, and no, forgive me, everybody out there. I, I'm fresh off watching uh, last month Hunter season two, so it was weird when you have all these scientists and reclaimed people from the Empire. It was almost like all the Nazi scientists and and stuff that Europe and America took. And it's truth. It's history. You forgave their their hideous crimes. So that they can work for you and be productive for you, right? I mean, it it, it was a really um, touchy subject there. No, no. Hey, look, hey, I, I give them kudos. I mean, they had the balls to do that, and yes, obviously, it's total comparison and completely freaking done. Like Repurpose criminals of war. Completely done on purpose. We all know that. So, yeah. And the beauty of <clears throat> of Felonia and Favreau, like they know. They know the lore and they know Star Wars so well, and they have their and their vision is so strong that you know I'm not gonna say they can't do no wrong, but they know exactly where every single piece is going. All right, so but all that said, do you want to speculate? And Lucas did not know. Okay. Well, but he was the pioneer opening it up. Well, yeah, but I oh. mean. And and for all purposes, I think it's been said over that Empire Strikes Back was chosen to go right in the middle of the whole trilogy, right? The, uh, actually, nine. It was chosen because it would it had the strongest fear factor, captivating factor, what have you, with Darth Vader and all that. You just get thrown in the middle of the story, right? And if you started from day one. I don't think anybody would care. But because you put this super um, badass persona out there. I honestly agree with that. I blame more George Lucas because, dude, you're a writer. No, but for production, I mean, I can understand it because you would never would you really catch on. Would you really catch on if it weren't for a Harrison Ford, a, a Darth Vader, a you're my father thing? And then you build all around it. If you really started from, was it the first one? A New Hope? No, um, not a New Hope. The no. way, way back. I don't know if you would catch the same kind of fervor, you know? But everybody in the late 70s was quoted, quoting Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader. Everybody was screaming into a, a, um, a fan trying to mimic Darth Vader's voice. It was like the number with Chewbacca. All these people were like the number one Halloween costumes. I didn't do it. That's terrible. But yeah, but you, you know what I mean. But you know what I'm saying? So from, from a marketing point of view, I can understand it more. But all right. Maybe let's sum this up. We're now at episode four. What is it? Three more? Four more? Uh, want me to give you an, an exact thing? No. Let's just say we're halfway through, right? Yeah, I, th I think it probably... And typically, they didn't run longer than seven, eight episodes. 
would you care to speculate the story arc of our good friend Pedro Mando? What do you mean? Where does he go now from here? He's the caregiver or whatever, mentor of Grogu. He's he's in the good graces. He's absolved from Mandalore. He's following the way. We know where Bo-Katan's going. Where is he going? Does he survive all this? Does he sacrifice his life? Does he die? Does he does he become a greater integral force character in what's no. coming? He doesn't. Because the story is finite, and I think that somewhere along the line, he's gonna this season, if not definitely next season, or in next Boba Fett, or in the next uh, Ashoka, Ahsoka. I'm sorry, you know, dude. From from a theatrical point of view, he's gonna bite the dust, dust twice next year. Sorry to spoil that for you. <laughs> uh, that was Rocka. Deadairdudes at gmail.com. Please send me your hate. I love it. It feeds me. Okay, cool. Not much else to say after that. All right. To this point, Mando season <laughs> four? Where were you? Season three. Three? Season three. That escapes me. We did have that, that, that 3A, <clears throat> that 3A or See? 2B, you know. That, that, there that. you go. There you go. See? That threw me for a loop. All right. Were you were you uh, rating this? Were you ranking this? What are you Last thoughts? I mean, obviously, I mean, and not saying that, that episode three was bad because it was not bad. It was a little out of left field, but it's all good, baby. Uh, you know, easy 8.1, 8.2. I mean, it's 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 keep it going. I'm here, I'm here for the ride. I have not been disappointed. I'm interested to see where things go. I give it an, an eight out of ten right now. I mean, it's a little bit of a lull for me because it is a little slow, in my opinion. Um, I like things to build up, maybe it's just I'm impatient, but. I'm still hooked. I recommend anybody to watch it. Anybody who's a hardcore fan, you know they're going to keep tight with the canon. So let's see where this goes. And we'll tie into eventually one of the major movies. Oh, uh, maybe. And spoilers that we're still waiting for some big bads from um, the other tentacles of star wars not just the movies the offshoot animated series and things to show up there's quite a quite a number that could make their appearance but that that would that's what might go on because right now there's no there's really no antagonist right now no but as with season two that ending was just 10 on the richter scale and you brought back the big bat, you know, not the big bat, the big savior yes. for one, arguably one of the biggest 
climactic happily ever after endings of a season than in some of the movies. Yes, that was that. Yes, that was epic. That was epic. All right. Thanks, everybody, for watching, like, subscribing, giving us your thoughts, your input, and, you know, also your hate. We are the Deader Dudes. I am Rocco. I'm Izzy. Save the whales. And remember, this is the way. This is the way. <laughs>